Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 78. Happy New Year. Thanks for celebrating the new year with me. I hope that you had a great holiday break and you are refreshed and ready to tackle this new year. So today on the podcast, we are looking at some manufacturer's instructions for use, the IFUs. So you as a sterile processing professional are expected to have every IFU for every instrument in your inventory and you are expected to follow those IFUs to the letter. So stick with me and let's see if that is even a possibility. Let's talk manufacturer's instructions. So IFUs from one manufacturer can be very different from another manufacturer. Some IFUs are really good and give good detailed instructions and others not quite so good. Let's face it, some IFUs really suck and they give minimal instructions and put sterile processing in a difficult situation. So I randomly chose three different IFUs from the internet. One is a more specialized instrument company, the other uh, basic general instruments, and the last is uh, from a laparoscopic instrument. So as we read through these IFUs, I'm going to bring up some issues along the way. So let's start with the first one. Let's call this manufacturer A. And it starts out with the cleaning instructions. So I'm just going to read these. And it says, please note for preparation for cleaning. When applicable, instruments should be cleaned in the open and unlocked position. Okay. Black coated and color anonized components may be negatively affected if aggressive cleaning mediums are or appliances are used. It says use a pH neutral cleaner, which may or may not contain an enzyme. And then it goes on and it gives a specific enzyme cleaner from a manufacturer, which they recommend. Okay. So this is going to be one of my first gripes here. I'm happy they tested the instruments with an approved, uh, looks like an enzymatic cleaner, but they put the statement that it is recommended to use this specific solution. Well, my problem is, is that it's not possible. And you know, this it's not possible, or let's say it's not realistic to purchase every solution that every manufacturer used to test their specific product. It's just not realistic 
to expect you folks to change out detergents for every type of different uh, instrument that comes through the decontamination, right? If you're going to mention the exact product in the IFUs that the item was tested against, why not just say use a similar enzymatic solution because that's the reality, right? If the item really requires the specific solution, then the instructions need to be more definitive. So this would be much more beneficial just to say use a neutral pH uh, enzymatic solution. All right, moving on. It says exposures to chlorides, hydrogen peroxide may negatively affect uh, the coating of these components. And then it moves on to manual cleaning instructions. So it says rinse or flush under warm flowing tap water to remove visible debris for a minimum of 30 seconds. All right, so the instructions here, each instrument must be rinsed for a minimum of 30 seconds. My question is, does there really need to be a time requirement here? We haven't started cleaning yet, and we have this time requirement now put upon us. Do you have a timer for this process? Is everybody following this process? Let's say you have 10 instruments from this manufacturer. Each instrument now must be rinsed under flowing tap water for 30 seconds. You know, if you did each instrument individually under flowing tap water, could potentially take you five minutes. You know, the problem here is that time starts adding up. Um, when you start having these time requirements. So let's move on. So you're rinsing under the flowing tap water first and then ultrasonically, then you move to ultrasonic, all right? So ultrasonically clean using a detergent solution prepared according to the manufacturer's instructions for a minimum of 10 minutes. So in manual cleaning, first you rinse and then you're gonna put it in the ultrasonic. Seems a little backwards to me, but that's their instructions. So let's move on. Completely immerse the instruments in a detergent solution prepared according to the manufacturer's instructions. All right, usually there's a rinse phase after an ultrasonic process, but that's okay. This is their instructions. So ultrasonic, and then you're going to go from the ultrasonic straight into a detergent bath. Next, scrub all instruments with an appropriately sized soft nylon brush, okay, for a minimum of one minute, paying particular attention to crevices and hard cleaning areas. Okay, we are in the cleaning phase and the instructions say each instrument must be brushed, cleaned for a minimum of one minute. Now, I, I don't really like this. Um, like I said earlier, time starts adding up, right? Take our 10 instruments we have now. Each instrument, per the instruction, has to be continuously cleaned for one minute. So that's 10 more minutes for our instruments. Um, you know, I'd really rather it say, clean the instrument until the instrument is clean or free of any visible bile burden or something like that, right? But... Per these instructions, you're now bound to a minimum of one minute per instrument. Okay, moving on for applicable instruments such as suction tubes, insert supply, 
wired uh, material to dislodge potentially trapped soil. Okay. Scrub cannulas with an appropriate sized brush for a minimum of 30 seconds. Okay, we got some more time requirements added on to us. Flush the uh, cannula by inserting a cleaning cannula attached with appropriately sized syringe filling with cleaning solution. Flush two times, approximately 50 milliliters of cleaning solution each time. Okay, so you now you need a syringe that can go up to at least 50 milliliters of cleaning solution. Flush the tube. Um, goes on to talk about some other inserts or tubes. Flush item three times appropriately with one mil each time cleaning solution. All right, kind of interesting instructions. And then it says rinse with flowing critical water for a minimum of 30 seconds. Now, I'm glad it didn't say each instrument, but there we go. And then the last instruction for the manual cleaning here is dry the instrument using absorbent low lenting. It says wipes to remove excess water. Okay, interesting. Now it moves on to the automated processes. It says use only washer disinfector machines that have been validated in accordance with ISO 15883. I'm, I'm assuming that all washer disinfectors are validated according to ISO 15883. Guess I'll have to look that up. So it looks like it has some pre-cleaning instructions that are different from the manual if you're doing an automated process. So perform pre-cleaning to remove gross contaminants as follows. Submerge and soak in a pH neutral detergent solution prepared according to the manufacturer's instructions for a minimum of one minute. So we have a one minute soak time. Flush any cannulas that may be present. Okay. While submerged, remove visible soil by scrubbing with an appropriate sized nylon brush for a minimum of three minutes. All right. So if we got our time here, submerge for one minute. Now you're cleaning the instruments for three minutes. Then last on the pre-cleaning instruction, rinse with flowing critical water for a minimum of 30 seconds. Okay, then it says load the instrument into a washer disinfector in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions. Then arrange instruments with curved surfaces and cannulas facing downward to prevent pooling of water. Okay. Now it goes on to give operator instructions for the washer disinfector, the recommended minimal washer disinfectant parameters. Now I'm going to hold off on these for just a second uh, because I'm going to compare these instructions to the another manufacturer that I have here. Okay, so hold off on uh, the those instructions because I want to compare to see the differences or similarities that may exist. All right, so after the automated washer, it goes on to lubricant and uh, a note that the lubricant is not listed in the automated washer disinfector phase. So there's no mention of a lubricant in those phases. The lubricant is um, looks like it's going to be done prior to sterilization. So for instruments with moving parts, lubricate joints with steam permeable, water-soluble instrument lubricant prior to sterilization. Okay, good recommendation. Then sterilize. Instruments should be sterilized in the open, loosened, or unlocked position. Okay. Instruments should be sterilized by standard process parameters using steam with established procedures. The following uh, parameters are given. So it gives a gravity 
the standard uh, 250. It also gives two pre-vacs, the 270, four minutes, 30 minute dry time, and then the 273, three minutes at 30 minute dry time. And it also says that uh, autoclave temperature should not surpass 280 degrees Fahrenheit. And it says it will damage uh, parts potentially. And then it goes on to storage. <laughs> so it says instruments should be stored in a clean, dry area with tip protectors. Examine the instruments for wear and tear and function and all that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that they're saying if these are going into general stock, that the instruments should be stored in a clean, dry area with, with tip protectors. It, they don't really make a lot of sense, and it doesn't talk about storage after sterilization, so the storage instructions really uh, have something to be desired. So that kind of is, is what we got for manufacturer A. So good luck if you're using these instructions or this product, because it seems very time-consuming, and in some parts the instructions aren't real clear. Okay, so let's move on to our next set of instructions. We'll call this uh, Instrument Manufacturer B. All right, so uh, Instrument Manufacturer B has a, I'm going to say, a more well-organized set of instructions. It's a whole lot easier and clearer to read. Uh, so it starts off with these reprocessing instructions have been validated as being capable of preparing reusable instruments and accessories for surgical use. It is a responsibility of the user hospital healthcare provider to ensure that the reprocessing is performed using appropriate equipment, materials, and that personnel have been adequately trained in order to achieve the desired results. This normally requires that the equipment and processes are validated and routinely monitored in a device by the user hospital healthcare provider from these instructions should be evaluated for effectiveness to avoid potential adverse consequences. So good instructions. It says to go ahead and validate these instructions. Make sure that you can perform them prior to uh, using them on actual patients. So it's a good idea. The instructions go on and it starts with a bunch of warnings, right? And one of them is, you know, use PPE, personal protective equipment, when decontaminating these contaminated instruments. Talks a little bit about hard water and some things that you should be aware of. Um, there is even a little section here that talks about CJD, right? There's a bullet point that tells you what you should do. Pretty good instructions so far. Let's start at the point of use. So let's start off with the point of use instructions and it says remove excess biologic soil from the instrument with a disposable wipe, place devices in a container of distilled water or cover with a damp towel. And it goes on to say if instruments cannot be soaked or maintained damp, then they should be cleaned as soon as possible. Within 60 minutes is recommended after use to minimize the potential for drying or cleaning. Now these are not endoscopic instruments, these are basic instrumentation, so that's a really interesting recommendation there. Tr 
transport instructions. Used instruments must be transported to decontamination area for reprocessing in a closed cover container to prevent unnecessary contamination risk. Okay, we go on to preparation for cleaning. And it says instruments designed to come apart must be disassembled prior to cleaning. Disassembly, where necessary, is generally self-evident. However, more complicated instrument instructions are provided should uh, it be needed. All recommended disassembly will be possible by hand. Never use tools to disassemble instruments beyond what is recommended. All cleaning solutions should be prepared at the dilution and temperature recommended by the manufacturer. Softened tap water may be used to prepare cleaning solutions. And then it just says another note here, fresh cleaning solutions should be prepared when exiting solutions become grossly contaminated or turbid. So, you know, again, here in these instructions, you're not going to see, it doesn't list a specific cleaner that they advise. They just say, you know, use the cleaner that you normally use in sterile processing. Okay, so these manual instructions start off with prepare a protolytic enzyme solution according to the manufacturer's instructions. Tells us what type of cleaner to use. Completely submerge the instruments in the enzyme solution and gently shake them to remove trapped bubbles. Articulate instruments with hinges or moving parts to ensure contact of the solution with all surfaces. Lumen, blind holes, and cannulas should be flushed with a syringe to remove bubbles and ensure contact with the solution. Soak instruments for a minimum of 10 minutes. Okay, our first time requirement here. Manual cleaning. Soak for 10 minutes. You're going to need a timer. While soaking, scrub surfaces using a soft nylon brush until visible soils removed. Particular attention should be given to crevices, hinged joints, box locks, instrument teeth, rough surfaces, areas with moving components or springs, lumens, blind holes, and cannulas should be cleaned using a stiff-fitting round nylon bristle brush. Insert the snug-fitting round brush into the lumen, blind hole, or cannula using a twisting motion while pushing in and out multiple times. Note all scrubbing should be performed below the surface of the enzymatic solution to minimize the potential for aerosolizing contaminated solutions. Pretty good steps here. Remove instruments from the enzymatic solution and rinse in tap water for a minimum of one minute. Actuate all the moving parts and hinges and so on. Thoroughly flush lumens and such. So here we have essentially a cleaning process, right? So we we're cleaning the instruments and then we're rinsing. It says rinse with tap water. And then the next step is prepare an ultrasonic cleaning bath uh, with detergent according to the manufacturer's instructions. And it goes on to give some detailed instructions. And in, the, in that ultrasonic step, it says does say a minimum of 10 minutes is recommended. So these instructions, again, it states to clean the instruments first and then ultrasonic. Whereas the last instructions from manufacturer A, you know, they said to ultrasonic first and then cleaning. So here's my problem. If you have instruments from manufacturer A and instruments from manufacturer B, and they're both in one set, then the expectation is 
that you separate the instruments from manufacturer A and manufacturer B and process them separately, right? Because they have different instructions. One says cleaning then ultrasonic, the other ultrasonic then cleaning. Now I'm not a big fan of this, but that's just me. But if you're going word for word, if you're going per the manufacturer's instructions, that's essentially what it's telling you to do. All right, so that is where we run into issues, right? Problems that we have to figure out. Again, not a big fan of that, but that is just me. All right, so in the ultrasonic phase, it goes on to talk about um, using what, what instruments can go in the ultrasonic, and then it tells you about cleaning solutions, and then it also tells you that you must regularly monitor the performance of the ultrasonic. So it's saying performance testing must be done per these instructions. And then uh, the next step, remove the instruments from the ultrasonic bath and rinse in purified water for a minimum of one minute or until there's no signs of residue or biological soil. Okay, my next kind of gripe here, they use the word purified water here. I found a, a definition that says public drinking water is purified water that makes water safe for human consumption. All right, so public drinking water is tap water, right? So my gripe here is that the term purified water goes kind of against the standard of using a critical water to rinse for any final stages of cleaning processes. So, you know, it's one thing that we need to work on. Manufacturers need to work on perhaps just using, you know, accepted terms of critical water and utility water, right? Critical water being water that is uh, going through ex extensive processing like uh, reverse osmosis or uh, deionized or distilled water. You know, all those are generally accepted as critical processes or critical water. And then utility water is water that has been treated. You know, it's been treated um, from your city plant uh, coming into the hospital. Uh, could be, you know, softened or uh, have some other process with that. But utility water is generally referred to as tap water. My only gripe here is using that purified water statement can be a little confusing. All right, moving on, it says to dry the instruments with absorbent, non-shedding, clean, uh, lint-free cloths. And it also mentions filtered air. You know, nothing unusual in those steps. So then moving on, it also goes into a combination manual slash automated cleaning, which both A and B here that we're talking about both had similar uh, separate steps that combined an automated and manual process when using automated washer. So it says prepare the protolytic enzyme solution according to the manufacturer's instructions. Uh, completely submerge the instruments in the enzyme and gently shake them to remove the tap battles. Again, similar to what we heard earlier, it says use a syringe to remove uh, air bubbles uh, from lumens so it has contact and then soak for a minimum of 10 minutes. Okay, so again, we have a time requirement for these instruments and that it's being soaked for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, whether you're manual cleaning or whether you're uh, doing an automated process. And then 10 minutes is kind of long, so make sure you have, your, you have a timer, okay? 
And then it also goes, so it goes through those same kind of manual cleaning steps that we read earlier. It says remove the instruments from the enzymatic solution. Once you're, once the cleaning, the 10 minutes is done, your cleaning is done, rinse in tap water for a minimum of one minute. Again, another time requirement. And then after that, it's place uh, in a suitable validated washer disinfector. Follow the washer disinfector main instructions for loading, for maximum cleaning exposure. And again, it kind of talks about how to do the instruments. They must be open. Place concave instruments on the side. Use a basket and trays designed for washers. Uh, so pretty good instructions on how to use the washer. All right, so after it's been loaded, it goes into talking about the minimum parameters. And so let's go back and I want to talk. First, I'm going to go through manufacturer A washer parameters, and then I'll go through B and we'll kind of compare them. So uh, in A, the parameters are one, heated wash at 140 for two minutes, two, heated tap water rinse at 140 for 20 seconds, three, heated purified water rinse at 180 for one minute, and four, forced air at 240 for nine minutes. Okay, so four steps, four instructions there. Um, and then the next one has six. So manufacturer B has six and it says pre-wash cold softened tap water two minutes, enzymatic spray soak hot softened tap water one minute, rinse cold soft tap water, detergent wash hot tap water for two minutes, rinse hot purified water for one minute, and then hot dry air for seven to 30 minutes. So one of the problems we, we have here is that, you know, the instructions don't really match up. So it's hard to figure out apples to apples here, right? So one has an enzymatic soaking, you know, phase with hot water for one minute and then rinsing with no requirements. The other has a, a wash at 140 for two minutes and then a rinse at 140 for only 20 seconds. Whereas a rinse in this one is for a minute. Then it has a second detergent wash in the second instructions where there's no second detergent wash or no second hot water wash. It goes directly into purified rinse at 180 degrees for one minute. Whereas the range for rinse in the NB is from 164 to 150 for one minute. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't allow to go up to that higher purified heated rinse from 180 and then but the rinse or the drying phase is is the same my point here is that so my point here is there are different instructions from just these two manufacturers looks like you're gonna have to have two different cycles to accommodate the different washer parameters needed now this is time consuming this is going to be difficult to accomplish but it's in the IFUs, so you have to do it, right? Well, that's interesting. Um, so, you know, make sure you're looking at those automated instructions. And, you know, I guess my suggestion is just do, do the best that you can when you're looking at different instructions. Um, so back to manufacturer B, it goes on to talk about disinfection and drying. Um, really good instructions. 
Again, this is another manufacturer that does not have lubricating instructions within the washer disinfecting parameters. So the lubrication needs to be done after washing prior to sterilization. And then it gives has an entire section on packing and assembling. Now this was not found in instructions A, but this has really good instructions about what to do uh, rather, it says don't use reusable wraps, right? Reusable wraps not recommended. Talks about uh, tray weights. We're using containers. Uh, lots of good information in this packing instructions. I'm not going to go into all of it because it's rather lengthy, but really good packaging instructions. It, is in, it even talks about uh, single instruments being approved for a pouch, peel pouches. So really good instructions goes on to talk about uh, the sterilization instructions and it has two requirements either a four minute uh, 270 cycle prevac cycle vacuum pulse or three minute 273 talks about the cooling there are there are cooling and drying instructions it says that uh, the drying time for a single wrapped instrument uh, maybe 20 minutes could be up to 30 minutes Talks about cooling times could be 30 minutes or longer. So really good instructions here. And then it also goes into storage instructions, storage of actual sterile packages. So, so really good instructions from instrument company B. Okay, so the last manufacturer, we'll call this manufacturer C. And I'm gonna use this word again. The last manufacturer's instructions, well, they suck. They've left out a lot of important information in their instructions. Uh, I guess it could be good and bad, right? The, the less instructions you have, <laughs> the less you have to be bound to, like a 10-minute soak time or, or something of that nature. So um, in these instructions, there's a lot of pre-instructions, meaning important information that I guess it says like, Avoid excessive force on instruments. Okay. Handle with care. Don't drop the instruments. Okay. So uh, we, we got all that, but the that pretty extensive list there. Um, but these instructions, so there's no pre-cleaning instructions like you found in the other two. So the cleaning instructions, it reads, Immediately after use and to prevent residual proteins from drying on the instruments, instruments should be fully immersed in appropriate Neutral pH cleaning and disinfecting solution recommended for reprocessing of laparoscopic instruments. Closely follow the cleaning and disinfection manufacturer's instructions for chemical concentration and immersion time recommendations. Plain water washing is not adequate. Uh, it goes on to say it is recommended that fresh solutions be used every day. Huh, every day. Okay. Ugh. So you should use fresh solution every day. Probably, you know, change out your solutions more than every day, but higher concentrations and prolonged immersion time may cause corrosion and other damage to the instrument. Always avoid overnight or weekend holding or soaking. Okay, I think we can do that. It goes on to talk about uh, manual disinfection and cleaning. 
the machine and mechanical disinfection for cleaning, okay, there's no automated instructions at all. Right there, so there's no parameters to set up uh, if using that. It does say, the one point it does say is to use distilled water for the final rinse to avoid staining and corrosion of instruments. So that is the one good thing, but essentially it just says stick them in the washer and run it. It does have some uh, ultrasonic cleaning instructions. Uh, the instructions are pretty good for the ultrasonic, actually. Talks about uh, flushing lumens with the cleaner so it's more effective. Tells you what you can and can't use in the ultrasonic. The only problem is, is there's no time requirements here. So I guess just use whatever you standard, whatever your standard processes are. Okay, the reason I'm not reading all, a lot of instructions from this company is because there's just not a lot of instructions here. It kind of repeats things and it's not very helpful. One of my biggest problems is that there's no insulation testing instructions for the laparoscopic instruments. Nothing in here about testing the insulation of these, these items, these instruments. That's pretty disturbing. It does have sterilization instructions. It says that you must use a five minute, 270 degree sterilization time. Okay. There's also gas sterilization instructions if you want to go that route. But so I'm not going to lie. That's pretty much it. There's not a lot in these instructions. Again, like I said, manufacturer C here is rather disappointing. Gives you less than adequate instructions for processing. So one of my pet peeves here in sterile processing, we are expected to follow the manufacturer's instructions for use. But I think it's obvious from these three different IFUs that following the IFUs to the letter is going to be extremely difficult, right? Especially if all three of these instruments are in one set together, right? So again, the laparoscopic IFUs didn't say anything about insulation testing. And that's scary. And it puts patients at risk. Automated washer instructions were inconsistent. You know, I had instructions for arbitrarily cleaning an instrument for one minute instead of when the instrument is clean. You know, I just think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done with IFUs. And it's really, I think it's on the manufacturer to clean up their IFUs, make them a whole lot clearer. I will say manufacturer B did a really good job. It was well organized. It was easy to read had lots of information in there that I need to know. Maybe there just needs to be more pressure placed on the manufacturer to get it right. Because usually what I'm seeing is that blame or that pressure is being put on the end user to follow some of these ridiculous instructions. So that's my rant for today. So thanks for sticking with me. I know that the instructions can be difficult. You know, I, I wish you luck as you make the attempt to reconcile instructions to make the most efficient process for reprocessing your instrumentation. You know, good luck, and then hopefully we can put some pressure and make these IFUs a little more user-friendly.
All right, there's our music, and that means that we are out of time for today. Thanks for listening to the show. Happy New Year. HSPA episode number 78 is in the books. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, log on to the MyHSPA website, and make sure you use the code NEWYEAR. Again, the code for this episode is NEWYEAR. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.